0: This is the St. Long Chinus' Baptism Podcast channel. This is episode number 42. What are you doing to advance the kingdom of God? But first a prayer. All that I am, all that I have, all that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, and glory, and exaltation to the Immaculate Heart of Mary and the sacred heart of Jesus and the heavenly kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. So, I covered this to set of a contest in episode four. But seeing since how, um, I I don't think I get married many Set of Acantist viewers. That's fine. Um This is still aimed at Set of a contest, but if you consider yourself a Christian, um these are some questions I have for you. Now for the people who consider themselves Christians, you know, Protestants, Orthodox, Vatican II sect members. You have to ask the primary question you have to ask yourself if you want to advance the kingdom of God. Am I serving Jesus in spirit and in truth? Now, I've covered this ad nauseum in earlier episodes, but once again, Uh, People don't necessarily, you know, go in order. So, I have to repeat myself. The truth, and when I say truth, I'm not saying it in the Pontius Pilate way of what is the truth. There's only one truth. There's only one way to God. Now, if you're unwilling or unable To accept this concept Then This, this episode is not going to be for you For those of you who do accept this concept If there is only one true way to God But you, you know, In your error Think it's uh, Orthodoxy Or Protestantism, whatever branch you may be in, or the Vatican II sect. Now, I realize not everyone's listened to my introductory episodes to this podcast. I started out as a complete and utter pagan. And when I say p- complete and utter pagan, I mean it. I I had no dog in the religious fight, and I uh, I I joined the Protestant Church because. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Let me back up just a little bit here. Uh, before I. Decided on a church I realized I had three choices The Eastern Orthodox Um The Protestant and the Catholic So before I even started going to a church I Um I Got as many books out of the library And yes I'm dating myself I'm around 50 Um Around the time I started doing this Only Um More wealthy people had access to the interwebs and computers. And I took out as many books as I could and I read up on the history of the church and theology. The conclusion I came to was, which was erroneous, was that the original church was Catholic. And before you guys start flipping your wigs, the sources I got this from. Were actually university press books, the and and the university were not quote unquote Catholic universities. They were actually uh, just unaffiliated universities, and they um, all agreed that the Catholic Church was the original church. However, according to their history, the church after its initial founding, got corrupted by corrupt uh, popes, bishops, and laymen, and that led to the Prode- uh, the Protestant, what you guys would call the Reformation, but me and my autism describes as the Protestant Revolt. And for you Protestants out there, whether you know it or not, the, re- the theology that you are under is called Lutheranism. It was started by a man named Martin Luther, who was a Catholic monk. For those of you who practice the theology of Calvinism, once again, um, a a a, a Catholic canon lawyer. In other words, he helped uh, write and interpret Catholic uh, church laws. Um. For those of you who are Anglican, your church was started by Henry VIII. The, the Pope at that time tried to get Henry VIII to reconcile with the Catholic Church. He refused. Um. And eventually, either that pope or a different pope ended up excommunicating his daughter, Queen Elizabeth I, for heresy, and all the Catholic priests that were in England, and for those of you Anglicans who don't know, England was originally a Catholic country. So... Um, basically, what Henry VIII did was, was he gave the cat uh, the Catholic populace a choice: either recognize me as the leader of the Catholic Church in England, or I will put you to death. With a couple exceptions, the uh, clergy and the hierarchy fell into line. The people were kind of divided. Some. Rebelled against Henry VIII, others towed the line. And the Eastern Orthodox, when the schism of the 1100s happened, I want to say it's the 1100s, it could be the 1200s, it doesn't matter. When it happened, Rome excommunicated um, the the hierarchy of what at that time was known as Eastern Catholicism. Okay, it didn't become Eastern Orthodox until the emperor renamed it that. And by the way, Anglicanism and Eastern Orthodoxy are kind of linked at the hip because the question of the schism was, now they'll use the excuse of the wording of the filoque. I'm not here to get in the theological weeds. They use that as their excuse. The actual reason was the Eastern emperors wanted control over Eastern Catholicism. And the popes were standing in their way. And so they used the excuse of the wording of the folloque as an excuse to break away from the Catholic Church. And I've actually had an argument with an ignorant Eastern Orthodox guy who tried to claim that Eastern Orthodoxy was the true religion. And when I... I got this off of Wikipedia. Wikipedia is no friend to the true Catholic uh, Catholic Church. It's stated implicitly in that article that an Eastern emperor in the 300s said that Catholicism was the true religion Of all the Roman Empire, because at that time, the 300s, the Roman Empire still existed. And that the Pope was its head. Not the Eastern Patriarch of Constantinople, but the actual Pope in Rome. So, you take that for what it's worth. I suspect a lot of people are going to dismiss this as a lot of hogwash. But everybody's been given free will Everybody's been given the grace To to choose truth Or um, their own Conceptions of truth And by the way If you're choosing your own conception And truth Over God's revealed truth You're You're basically Putting yourself above God Because you're, what you're, You may not be saying it Or thinking it Consciously, but what your actions are saying is is that you think you know better than God. Now, so I started out as a Protestant, and oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I have to go back. I, I I did start out as a Protestant Protestant because I'm an American, and Protestantism is the heresy of America. Um, I took the narrative that uh, we needed guys like Martin Luther, John Calvin, John Knox, and Henry VIII to reform the corrupt Catholic Church. Through a series of divine providence, I went from Protestantism uh, to the Vatican II sect for about 10 years to Sedevacantism. And for those of you who are unawares, all Sedevacantism is, is pre-Vatican II, the pre-Vatican II Council Catholic Church. We do not recognize the Vatican II Council as a legitimate council, and we consider everything that came during and after that council as heretical. So, there are, there, uh, in several of my episodes, in the show notes, I list set of a conscious resources if you have an open mind and you're willing to challenge your cherished beliefs. Now, having explained all that, and I'm trying not to be long-winded because it has occurred to me that I can be long-winded, but the truth deserves a... A a proper airing. The spirit of truth. Jesus said in the book of St. John, I think it was to the Sumerian woman at the well, people are going to worship God in spirit and in truth. So, what is the spirit? The spirit means that he's talking about is total and complete submission to Jesus, the church that he founded, and its visible head, the Pope in Rome. Now, for you Vatican II types, whoa, why don't you recognize Francis? Francis. Two reasons. Number one, number one, you have a certain segment within your sect called, um, I call them neo-traditionalists, but for the sake of ease for the Vatican II sect, they consider themselves traditional Catholics. And they teach a heresy which states, oh, yes, we have to recognize Vatican II is legitimate and Pope Francis as a legitimate Pope But we don't have to listen to Pope Francis Which totally contradicts prior papal teachings Prior to Vatican II So it's a heresy from the get-go Either if you recognize Vatican II as legitimate And you recognize Francis as your Pope I, I, I don't care if he wears a Satan mask and, and, and sacrifices a live baby on the altar of St. Peter's Basilica. If, if you consider him your Pope, he is your Pope. Where Sedevacontists differ is they say since the Vatican II Council was heretical and there has been no true Pope On the papal throne since 1958 We do not recognize Your false popes Bishops and priests And for that matter Your religious And the teachings that came out of that council That's as easy as I can make it So the spirit is The spirit of truth is I like to say That the spirit of truth Is the ultimate truth which is Jesus Christ in his heavenly kingdom and his one true church. If you will not submit yourself to that church, or that truth and that, you know, the church, then you are rejecting Jesus Christ and his blessed mother. Don't have to like it. Um, I've done plenty of reading on this subject. This is easily verifiable if you want to take the time to educate yourself. Which, going back to my previous statement, totally backs up what I just said, that the truth deserves your time and your effort. Now, to those of you with families or whatever, you you have a, a job and you're trying to pay the bills or whatever, my suggestion is, just my suggestion, uh, instead of watching football, instead of... Uh, hanging out with your buddies, having a barbecue, or whatever it is you do on your off time. How about studying the questions? Just putting your belief system to the test is how I like to say. Now, if you do your own research and still come away unconvinced, as I've said in a previous episode, you're still wrong, but at least you've made somewhat of an effort. But if you choose to dismiss this out of hand, you're doing um, spiritual um, spiritual damage to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Not to mention the fact that you know, especially for you Protestants, you claim the Bible is your only source of authority and yet when he says in spirit and in truth, you're not even willing to make sure that you are practicing that truth. So, anyhow. That took almost 20 minutes, but it's important. Now for you said of a contest, and I'm going to include the other sects that inhabit America in this because I'm not going to be presumptuous and assume that people are going to dismiss everything I say out of hand. So if you come and you do your research and you decide, okay, yeah, Sedevacontism is the one true religion. Where do you go from there? The, when I heard about Sedevacontism, the first thing I did was I studied the teachings. And even though I was Vatican II sect, and this is not me being full of myself or presumptuous, I felt for a Vatican II member, I was pretty well informed on the theology. Turns out, in that regard, I was being presumptuous. Because I... I hadn't read as deeply or as intently as I should have. But I think that that was God's divine providence. And one thing we do not want to do is question God's will. And by the way, for you Protestants out there, divine providence is just a Catholic word for God's will. Now, um, you have to know what the church teaches and you have to St. Paul in one of his epistles I know I'm going to get a bunch of crap for being former Protestant and not having the Bible memorized but having been in the Protestant sect I can tell you most Protestants only memorize certain passages and there a lot of them are mostly ignorant about what the rest of the Bible contains but St. Paul, one of his epistles, tells... I think it was the Corinthians. Whether it was 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians, I couldn't tell you. I think it was in the book of Corinthians. He says, study to show yourself approved. In other words, if some rando on the street stops you, or you get questions from friends and relatives about sadocantism... You should be able to answer them with authority and um, do the best you can. Now, not everyone is, is going to be an authority on pre-Vatican, uh, pre-Vatican II Catholic teachings. So have enough humility if they ask you a particularly tough question to say, I'm not sure... I'll look it up and I'll get back to you. But we have to have humility. Secondly, in this, we have to have a spiritual life. Now for the set of contests out there, um, like I said, I don't think many listen to this podcast. That means you have to have a spiritual life in one way or the other. Once again, to the married set of accountants out there, that doesn't mean that you have to lock yourself in your room 12 hours a day praying and reading spiritual books. But it does mean you have to make some sort of effort, not just to have a spiritual life for your own self, but especially if you have a wife and kids trying to teach them the same things, you know, what you know. And trying to get them to develop a spiritual life. Uh, I, I, I remember when I was former Vatican II. And, and not just former Vatican II. I've heard said at Oh, I raised my kids in the right religion. But they, they turned out totally secular and, and screwed up. Well, you can call this uncharitable if you want to. That's fine. If you don't teach your kids the spiritual life. Then, and this applies to you and, and your relatives as well if you're not practicing the spiritual life you're not going to act any different from the seculars and the atheists out in the world ok take that for what it's worth people you can get mad you can get all hurt. oh what does he know he's not a priest he's not a bishop and which brings me to another point Everything that I speak about on this podcast, and trust me, I listen to Sedbacantas sermons on YouTube has not is not of anything that I make up on my own. This is stuff that is taught in churches every freaking Sunday. So if what I'm saying sounds new or sounds like something I'm making off the top of my head, I want to ask you in all sincerity, what are you doing when the priest is giving his homily? Seriously, what are you doing? I mean, I understand that if you're going to church every Sunday, there's 52 Sundays uh, out of the year and... To remember every homily out of a Sunday is, you know, I, I don't expect it out of myself, okay? So I understand that. But what I'm saying is, um, once again, on your off time, you know, it wouldn't kill you. YouTube has channels with set of the contest sermons. To li- and most of these sermons are under 15 minutes. Now, it is not a huge chore to take one 15-minute sermon and listen to it and try to apply the principles listed. Number, oh, I'm sorry, I was going to say number two. Um, along with that, Along with that, let's just say, and this is this is one of the blind spots of a lot of set of I've run into online. Now I want to make a disclaimer: not all set of contests are this way. This is not this is not a broad brush. I'm saying though, there's a certain segment segment of set of contest online they they can they can quote you the 1917 code of canon law they can t- quote you the what the baltimore catechism teaches they can quote you church history but if you ask them about the seven cardinal virtues or the seven deadly sins or about the sermon on the mount they're like What are you talking about, man? What are you talking about? You making this stuff up? Now, that brings me to the end of this particular point. And that is, I cannot recommend, even, 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 and I, I've given a episode earlier, earlier, that states even if you're agnostic or atheist, if you're Protestant, Orthodox, or um, Vatican II, Saint Matthew chapters five through seven is the Sermon on the Mount. That's very simple to understand. Two chapters, five through seven, and. It's basically a bullet-pointed format of how we're supposed to follow Jesus in spirit and in truth in our day-to-day existence. So that's um just 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 a suggestion. Now, if you're serious about the spiritual life, I also recommend doing a Catholic four temperaments test. The one I use comes with a test. Take that test. Uh, Most people are going to have two strong aspects and the other two are not going to be as strong. And reading up with the aspects of whatever personality types that you may carry And then uh, the book I read is actually um, it gives the, the positives and it gives the drawbacks. So working on the drawbacks and trying to ask Mother Mary and Lord Jesus to help you with your strengths. That is my suggestion. The very baseline. As a Catholic. As a Catholic. I I don't care if you've been a set of a contest since 1980. I don't care if you've been a set of a contest since 2000. I don't care if you've been a set of a contest since 2015. If on a daily basis, daily, when you do it, I leave up to you some set of a contest bishops Recommend before you go to bed. To me, as long as it gets done, that's, that's what counts. A, an examination of conscience, an act of contrition, and spiritual communion. Any good pre Vatican II prayer book will have those three things. And most of these prayer books are under, for the most part, $25. And I hope and pray that my listeners are a little little better off uh, financially than I am. But, you know, divine providence. So, uh, if God feels that I can be entrusted with more things, He will give those to me. Now, once you get these principles into your life lets you say, oh, this is why the understanding your temperaments is is vital if you want to truly be an instrument of God. Because if you understand your strengths and weaknesses as a person, then you will know... And unless God gives you a grace to understand exactly what he wants you to do, you will have a baseline understanding of how you can serve God. Say like me, you've read a bunch of books in your lifetime. And um, (laughs) when I was a Protestant, one of my uh, church... Uh, friends told me She said you have the gift of God or oh, I'm sorry not the gift of God The gift of gab And at the time I thought she was nuts <laughs> And having listened Because I try to Listen to what I put out Having listened to this podcast I, I sound like a stumbling Bumbling fool But This is what I feel God's called me to do Okay given my resources and whatever. That's, uh, that's also, you know, when Jesus says, before you build a tower, count the cost, that's what he's referring to. He's asking you, look at your situation and look at your strengths and weaknesses and just find whatever way that you can serve me and try to do it. That's another thing too. He cautions... He says, if you don't want to look foolish to your enemies and your neighbors, don't start something and do it for like a week or two, and then just give up and say, "Ah, I can't do this," because he says in that um, in that gospel that your enemies are going to make fun of you and your neighbors are going to think you're a fool. So you take that for what it's worth, but um. A lot of people get it twisted, evangelization. They get it twisted and think that, oh, I, I got to go out in the streets and hand out scapulars and rosary beads or I, I got to talk to random people and tell them about the true Catholic church. That is a part of evangelization, but not everyone is suited for that. Or do a podcast for that man. At the very baseline, and this is traditional Catholic teachings prior to the heretics taking over in 1958, that the best evangelization is your example, your best example that you can set Now, obviously, we're all humans, and we're going to make mistakes, but that's okay. That's why we have confession. That's why we have a daily examination of conscience. We ask Lord Jesus and His Blessed Mother for help. But your best example is your best evangelization tools. Now, if you're running around on social media acting like an a-hole, a prideful, arrogant a-hole... Then you're actually and I can't stress this enough um, you're actually driving people away and by the way I've been accused of this I've been accused of being a prideful arrogant and presumptuous a-hole on social media and I'm not going to lie when I started on this journey last summer I was, in certain regards. I had, was, was very guilty of that. But I, God gave me the grace to recognize that particular fault. And I've been trying to work with Him, the Heavenly Kingdom, and His Blessed Mother to get better in that regard. So, and, and that's another thing too. The person that you might think is being a prideful, arrogant, uh, presumptuous a-hole, if you're attributing those qualifications to that person without knowing them personally or asking them, you're guilty of hate to tell this, this is in every every Catholic uh, examination of conscience, what is known as rash judgment. Because you're imputing motivation and spiritual... Uh, spiritual... Uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Spiritual uh, motivation, I guess, for lack of a better term, to a person that you don't know personally. So, if you're in the spiritual life, you know, um, try not to make a rash judgment. And by the way, thank you, Lord Jesus, Mother Mary. I forgot to say, everything that I say in every, all my episodes, everything that I say, I've either been guilty of, I'm either guilty of now, or I'm guilty, I've been guilty of in the past. But I'm working, like I said, I'm trying to be obedient and cooperative with God's divine providence. So you take that for what it's worth. But the, uh, when I joined the Vatican II sect, um, there was an internet meme, I don't know what else to call it, that was attribute, attributed to St. Francis of Assisi. And what this meme was, like I said, they they attributed it to him. He supposedly said, "Preach the gospel. If necessary, use words." And I love I you know, and I was on uh, for you Vatican two types. I was on uh, um, Catholic Answers website. And I put that as my quote and I had some people come to me and say, well, he didn't really say that. And my reply was, well, okay, I don't care if he said it or not. It's a great it's a great spiritual principle to live by. In other words, lead by example. Don't be one of these people that says, well, you should do this, this, and this and do your own thing. Do Live your example, or as I like to tell some of the Vatican II types, be the change you want to be. So be, you know. Li- uh, read the Sermon on the Mount, Saint Matthew chapters five through seven, and then live those principles in your day-to-day existence. And I want to, I want to assure you guys. I want to assure you guys. Unless it's in God's divine providence that you become a saint overnight, you're going to be like me. You're going to stumble and bumble. But if you stick with it and you 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 keep after it like a uh, a terrier killing a rat, you will get better and better. Maybe, maybe not as soon as you would like, but you will get better. And by the way, as far as that goes, I have to keep reminding myself, my, my improvements, such as they are, they're not on my timeline. I have to keep reminding myself. I'm on God's timeline. I'm under His authority. So when He decides that I will get better, I will get better. All I try to do is make an honest and sincere attempt at getting better. Now we're going into 40 minutes, so I want to wrap this up. Another way to advance the kingdom of God. Besides your good example, besides evangelization. I got to be honest, it really saddens me that when I go on the internet, that there are not more online set of conscious resources. So, for those of you who are good with computers, um, there are not more set of conscious resources. What I'm talking about is, how about a uh, set-of-a-conscious resource that has traditional Catholic images and quotes, for one, uh, how about more Set of gift shops? To my knowledge, and I wouldn't have even known this if my Set of a Contest hadn't told me about them. In the, in the uh, podcast, Norvis Order Watch, they have a section in their webpage that says great Catholic books. And when you click on it, it gives you, I believe it's four stores that are set of a contest in nature. One of them are red trads. But given the fact that for whatever reason, we're not working for the kingdom of God, I got to take those resources. And wherever possible, I try to give them my money. Now, for some things, for out-of-print traditional Catholic books, and I don't like doing this because the modernists like taking traditional Catholic books and censoring the crap out of them. So I don't like using sources like eBay and Amazon, but given a choice, if I need a hardbound copy of an out-of-print book, I go to those two places. Not out of... desire but out of necessity and by the way the out of out of uh, not out of desire but necessity that's part of the whole concept of not allowing the perfect be the enemy of the good you know that that's part and parcel with that if you're of limited means, but you need resources, and you have to go to doubtful, doubtful places to get those resources, ideally, if you had better you know, better resources, no, you shouldn't be doing this. But if you have no choice, you have no choice. What's more important is, is serving God as best as you can. And God is not a lawyer. He's not going to hold it against you if you bought something on eBay because he makes everyone as individuals and since he is your author, he understands that you were doing it not out of malice, not out of, you know, whatever, but you were, you were honestly trying to serve him as best as you can. Okay, so, uh, said with conscious gift shops. Um... And while we're on the topic of books, there are one, one of the resources that I use for online books to download. And by the way, just a suggestion here. If you're downloading online books, if it is absolutely possible to get the hard copy, I strongly suggest that you do it for this very reason. And by the way, I can't take credit for this thought. A secular guy that I used to listen to on YouTube saw the trends way back in 2017 and said, you want hard copies of your physical media. In other words, uh, DVDs, games, books, comic books. You want hard copies. He said this in 2017 and he's totally secular. But he did say... Get those, get those hard copies because eventually... Or if you fall afoul of the wrong people... Um, a lot of this stuff is under license. And if, you're, if you've got a bunch of uh, resources that are online... They can pull them at any time. Now anybody who's familiar with my podcast knows... That I've linked the Great Reset to the Great Tribulation. One of the areas that I think is going to be part of the Great Reset is, is they are going to, they are going to extremely limit the internet, and they are going to censor it. Yes, 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 you political types. I know they're already doing it, but I'm saying they're going to do it in such a way you're going to look back at this time and say, boy, those were the days. You know, I remember when. Anyway, so I strongly urge you, if you have the resources and you download books, trying to get hard copies, if possible, for, for your own edification. Which leads me to a tangential point. If you, if you know how to print and bind books... A lot of the traditional Catholic books that are online, a lot of these are open sourced as near as I can tell. So I don't think that um I don't think that um that it would be illegal if you reproduce those books in physical form. Now, I would, you know, prudence is key. Check with your lawyer, but my understanding is if it's open source, you can print that copy of that book. And for the love of all that is holy, please make them as affordable as possible. I love the Haydok Bible, but it's, it's literally a brick it's literally a brick. And if I need to leave where I'm at suddenly, I don't think if I get a Haydock Bible, I'm going to be able to take it with me. For those of you who have resources, land, money, buildings, how about donating them to your local set of accountants organizations? How about, you know, there there are a couple of, uh, I'm going to call them nunneries, the places where nuns get together, that need financial assistance. Bishop Sanborn's um, seminary needs money. My bishop, for the CMRI, he's got a uh, seminary in Omaha that could use some money donate land donate buildings donate your time and your money I mean your time if you have it but at least your money if you have it I'm telling you right now um I mean I I'm, I'm not a prophet and I'm darn not, I'm darn sure not a saint. So, the only thing that I'm sure of is when the Great Reset finally comes, whatever form it's going to take is going to be brutal. And for a lot of people, it's going to be short. But we need to prepare. We need to prepare for lack of a better under, uh, a better term an underground church, the the infrastructure of an underground church so that, heaven forbid, if our clergy and our uh, hierarchy gets arrested, that the clergy and the hierarchy that escapes the net, they could be sheltered and taken care of and they could still provide the sacraments. But we need to be preparing ourselves for that eventuality. And like I said, I can't stress this enough. We need to start building an infrastructure for an underground church. You take it for what it's worth. So, that's my take on advancing the kingdom of God. I really, if you listen this far, I really appreciate your time. I really do. Um, And even even if you think I'm crazy and full of crap, I still thank you for listening. Because you didn't have to. A lot of people listen for 30 seconds, decide it's not them, and then just quit listening. So I really appreciate it. And... I pray for everyone in my life, whether they're in my life directly or indirectly. And I'd like to see as many people get to heaven as possible. Thank you for listening. God bless and keep you. Have a good day. Bye-bye.